do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cube regardless. This show is a journey through all the media I have consumed. We'll, we'll swim through it. We'll wade through the murky depths of this media that is stuck in my brain, and I'm doing this to get it out of said brain. So... That is what this is. Hmm. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility in a sort of spoiler warning, one might call it, and I am one, but not the one, as in, like, Buffy. Hmm. The chosen one, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I will do now, and I say this very often, but uh, today, you know, I mean it. <laughs> or do I? I don't even know anymore. I'm going to push a button that will start a series of five-minute five timers, and I'm going to try to stick to the timers, even though I say that most times and often fail. Let's not... Let's aim for the moon of uh, sticking to the timers and be happy to end up in the space of not doing so. Huh? Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, you some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Uncanny Valley Brand Can Openers. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first is Inferno. This is one of them Tom Hanks there Robert Langdon movies with your with your Dante's Inferno and uh, I forget what the other ones are. Dante's you you know the ones Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code. It's one of these there movies. Your 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 National Treasure, uh, Nicolas Cage minus. <laughs> the insanity that is Nicolas Cage. So probably not as good, to, to be honest with you. On that note, uh, yeah, this is a... Uh, I like Tom Hanks. Everyone likes Tom Hanks. He's very likable. Uh, this movie, though, I felt had many plot holes. Uh, well, if, I, I, I don't know if necessarily many plot holes so much as one big plot hole. Okay, so there's this guy who... Uh, wants to wipe out, you know, 99% of humans on the planet, which is, you know, if you've met humans, you will probably agree that that may be not the worst idea. Uh, so he he's going to do it through some sort of virus. Uh, I, I don't know how he guarantees the, the virus, the details of the virus. We never really go into great, well, detail. Um, but he wants to release it 
And before he can do so, he is killed. Oh, good or bad, depending on what side you're on, I guess. Um, he has a, a, a significant other, girlfriend, wife, uh, doesn't matter and we don't know, uh, who is going to continue on with his work, as it were. So, um, what he, this guy did in, in order for her to complete this task is set her on... Uh, a, a quest of puzzles throughout uh, the globe where she's going to sort of travel around and figure out these little historical puzzles and art puzzles and you know it's it's Dante why do I Dante's Inferno it's the Da Vinci Code um that's what it is that's that's what uh, Tom Hanks does in these movies uh the reason he's in this movie is because she tricks him into helping her um and that's the sort of main spoiler of this. I will say, when that sort of happened, when that, that, that shocking reveal happened, I was shocked. But then I sort of came to the realization that, okay, wait a second. Could this guy not have just said, if I die, here is where the virus is so you can go release it? Um... No, <laughs> it had to be an incredibly elaborate multiple days worth of puzzle hunting uh, for her to do so, which, why? why? That is never justified that I could see. Also, there's the fact that when she gets near the end, she just meets a dude who knows where it is. <laughs> so there was someone who already knew. Uh, so, so what was with all the secrecy? So for that reason, for the not being able to suspend my disbelief, which normally I'm very, very good at, I will say, of the things I'm good at, which there's not many, that is one of them, uh, I'm gonna give this, like, a one. Uh, it, it like, it, it made me angry, this plot hole. Uh, I will say, I uh, watched it with, uh, my mom, which was, you know, it's nice to sit down and watch a movie with your mom every once in a while, so, you know what, I'll give it an extra half a point for that. Next, moving on to Alita, colon, Battle Angel from 2019. Yeah, uh, have you uh, seen any trailers or, or, or seen this movie? Interesting. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it snuck up on me. Uh, and and it's, it's very good. I, I liked it a lot. Let me just get the rating out of the way. Oh, jeez, will I go five? Man, I think I might go five. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go almost five, almost five. Uh, a deactivated cyborg is revived but cannot remember anything of her past life and goes on a quest to find out who she is. Yeah, cool. I like a quest. I, I've said multiple times on this podcast I love a good quest. So uh, the reason I ask if you've seen trailers or the movie itself uh, is because it's very cool looking. Even if the... The, 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 the movie itself doesn't appeal to you, doesn't sound like something that would be up your alley... Just go watch a trailer uh, and, and see what this girl looks like, this Alita, uh, compared to the the actors are, who are in this. The, the, the most amazing thing of this movie, and, and I'll just leave it at this because I know I'm going to run out of time, is that you cannot really tell who, where the CGI starts and the real stuff ends in this movie, which is a, quite an incredible feat. Uh, in itself, and, and plus I like the story and the action was cool and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, moving on to Hellboy, the 2019 version. Oh, they're bringing Hellboy back, are they? Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, action-y, Hellboy-y. Uh, he's got, you know, his attitude, his Hellboy-ness. Um, Rating-wise, I think I'd go like a solid four. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I've always liked Hellboy stuff. Uh, it, it's got interesting lore, uh, which which this very much does. 
Uh, you know, it's, it's a Hellboy movie. If you like Hellboy, I think you will like this. Uh, okay, moving on to final movie, which uh, you heard the timer grow off, so I already broke my promise. Well, it wasn't a promise. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It wasn't a promise. Uh, from 1983, Never Cry Wolf. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one. Uh, it falls into a, a, a category, which I wonder if other people have this category. Uh, movies you remember watching as a child vaguely... Um, possibly multiple times, uh, and I think it was, it's definitely a Disney movie, and I think it was one of those, what was it like the Disney, oh man, I can't remember, what was like the Disney Sunday night thing, uh, where they would like play a movie, there was like a very famous name that I feel bad for forgetting, and this was one of them that I think got, uh, got a few plays over the years, uh, a government researcher sent to research, huh, Government researcher sent to research. That is not a good way to start your description, Imbda. Sent to research the menace, ooh, in quotes, of wolves in the north learns about the true beneficial and positive nature of the species. Yeah, so I actually, my memory of this is a little more uh, wolf documentary, a little less story. Uh, but that's that's not really what it is. It's more story. Uh, who's Who's the main guy in this? Charles Martin Smith? Is that it? Farley Mowat? Is that who that is? Oh yeah, I guess it is. Uh, Charles Martin Smith. Yeah, he, he's really good in it. Uh, the scene, there's a scene where he eats mice. There's maybe a few scenes like that. Uh, and those are sort of burned into my memory from childhood of, the, of this guy eating mice. So, I don't know. Uh, rating wise... Yeah, does it hold up from my memory? I, I, I think you might need nostalgia to give this uh, a higher rating. Oh, geez. I, I'll go three and change. Three and change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I might watch it again when that nostalgia itch needs to be scratched. Oh, timer button. There you go. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Tinder for Clergy. Uh, I, I see it's actually still just called Tinder, but the T is in lowercase, like a cross. Interesting. Thank you for that sponsorship, in which I have two televisions to talk about. Uh, two televisions of season twos. Wow, it's, it's almost like I planned it. Uh, did I? No, I don't think I did. Uh, so, uh, not in, in, in somewhat previous episodes recently, I, uh, excuse me, watched uh, Fleabag Season 1 and AP Bio Season 1. So, what I have for you today is Fleabag Season 2 and AP Bio Season 2. Yes. Yes. Uh, both easy. Easy. So easy. Like, I'm not sweating any more than normal. Uh, to give these uh, television programs fives out of fives is, yeah, so, 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 so very good. Uh, uh, okay, so let's start with uh, Fleabag. Man, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Brett Gelman in this and uh, Olivia Coleman, you love to hate them. Uh, to the degree where I, I hate to hate them. The, the, the hate has sort of crossed over from that love to hate to hate to hate them. Wow, that's impressive. 
Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the show, it follows a, a woman just sort of living her life, trying to figure shit out after the death of her closest friend. Uh, the se season focuses a, a fair chunk on the fact that she uh, falls in love. Yeah, I, I guess we could say that. In fact, yeah, we can because it's true. Uh, falls in love with a priest. Oh my. Uh, the priest, likewise, uh, seems troubled, I, I suppose is a word we can use. We can use, uh, he is played by an actor who is, uh, Moriarty from Sherlock, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch, that guy, who was also in a recent Black Mirror I spoke of on this program, and I have realized of this actor that he is just one of the best actors, <laughs> period. I'm just gonna stop my sentence there. He is one of the best actors. There you go. I left a pause even there. On purpose. On porpoise. Yeah, he's he's so good in this. Uh, yeah, just just incredible, and I highly recommend the uh, series as a whole. I believe season three is in the works, which I am very excited about. Uh, so, Fleabag, check it out on Amazon Prime. Uh, moving over to AP Bio. Uh, yeah, so uh, this stars... Is his name Glenn Howerton? Wow. If it is, that's a good uh, uh, of me to remember, despite the fact that I am cursed with the inability to remember names. Glenn Howerton, yes, I just checked it. Uh, he plays a teacher in a uh, Toledo... Uh, yeah, a Toledo school. A private school? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a private school. Or is it? Do the students wear uniforms? I can't remember. Anyways, uh, he graduated from uh, Harvard or was a Harvard professor or something to do with Harvard. He mentions it a lot. Uh, and it's just sort of a... Sort of like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine level of insanity. Maybe even a little bit more uh, put into the... Uh, uh, into the regular insanity of a school. You know what I've heard... And, and I don't know if it was in regards to this. Uh, it's that uh, a comedian plus the setting of a school for a television program uh, has been done a lot. And never having heard that, which uh, I suppose is a fact, uh, you start to realize that, yeah. <coughs> uh, in fact, you know what's funny? I just realized next week... Uh, for television talk, we'll have a little Mr. D, which is about a teacher uh, who is uh, played by a comedian in a school. Uh, so it's a little tropey, I suppose, but if you do it well, which they do, uh, what does it matter, right? Right. Um, okay, so just looking at the uh, uh, examples of some of the episodes. There's one where he's upset because he's in the not in the top ten of most uh, eligible bachelors. Jacques. Okay, ran out of time, but that's good because that means you're gonna have to go watch it yourself. AP Bio season two. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter is rather a double movie monologue. Yes, that will happen from time to time. Uh, as I've mentioned for probably a fair chunk of episodes by this point, uh, I'm reading a very, very long book, a thousand plus pages. So 
Uh, it's taking me a little longer to have books to bring back to talk about, so I've been doubling up on things like movie monologues. Like this one, which is sponsored by Babe Bennett's Bed and Breakfast. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Mr. Deeds from 2002. Yeah, uh, hadn't seen it in a while, in a long while, and did have fond memories of it, uh, which I think for the most part held up uh it is an adam sandler movie um <laughs> yeah uh john tuturo I, I feel like steals the show a little bit winona Ryder uh plays babe bennett um, is her name in it jesus christ she was uh in you know yeah sure uh quite a babe in this bennett uh, a sweet-natured small-town guy inherits a controlling stake in a media conglomerate and begins to do business his way the nice way uh, uh maybe that's one of the reasons that i enjoy this uh movie is um the fact that i like nice people so it's nice to be nice to the nice as we end every episode and uh combined with you know some some dumb fun comedy why the hell not uh on that note i think we'll go a, a very very solid four uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, 3 is for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, this movie, I definitely will, at some point, I am sure, watch again. It, it's one of those, you know, every five years I'm going to dust off Mr. Deeds. Why not? Uh, moving on to Shaft from 2019. Ah, the most recent version, which uh, I don't feel like it kind of went under the radar a bit. Uh, or, or maybe I just didn't see a lot of uh, trailers or anything about it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I've never seen a, a Shaft movie that I didn't have some enjoyment. If you go in uh, expecting some, some action and some badassery, that is just goddamn well what you're going to get. Uh, this one was interesting in that it introduced uh, Samuel L. Jackson uh, reprising his role as Shaft, but also his son takes a, 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 a big role as well. So he's sort of helping his son, you know, do Shaft investigation-y, ass-kickery type stuff. Uh, Rating-wise... Uh, I think I'll go a solid three because, uh, as I just indicated, enjoyed while watching very much. But uh, the odds of me rewatching Shaft, you know what? I I'll go three plus because I could see the potential of me watching the original, and then the one from uh, the year two thousand. I see, and then this one. Yeah, I could see myself doing that in the years to come. Uh, moving on to Ocean's Eleven from nineteen sixty. Yeah, so I watched that version. Uh, it was good. The story way, way different. So uh, if you've seen one, you can watch the other one. Uh, I, I did very much like the ending. <laughs> it ended on a very uh, a, a cool note. So for, for that reason, geez, I, I think I would go three because uh, I, I did the, the heist details compared to the heist details in other Oceans movies are not as... Oh, shit. <laughs> That was my alarm to get up. Oh, I turned my timer off. Yeah, uh, I am recording this. It's uh, it's four fifty-five in the morning, but uh, I am a uh, early riser apparently <laughs> because I've already been up for a while. That was my alarm to get up because I wanted to get up and get stuff done today. Uh, yeah, I'm a weirdo. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, the 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 the, the heist details in other ocean movies are always very cool and intricate and easy to follow. Whereas this, I, I didn't quite get some of the things they were trying to accomplish with their heist. So you know, take some marks off for that. Okay, moving on to last but not least, Ralph breaks the internet. Uh, yeah, I've been saving this one. Well, it came out in 28, 
18, so I guess not too, too long, uh, to watch with a kid, but <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I need to borrow someone's kid so I can watch this kid's movie. Uh, but then uh, other times, like with this, I'll just say, ah, fuck it, I'll just watch it. Uh, and I'm glad I did, because uh, I very much enjoyed the last one. I think I probably gave it a 4 out of 5, or a 5 out of 5. Uh, this one, jeez, uh, I think we'll go closer to a four, um, and maybe closer to a three, actually. Between three and four is the convoluted rating for Ralph Breaks Internets. Uh, folks, if you don't know what it's about, I can't help you because the timer's done, and I'm totally sticking to them. Ah. Today's game, Gabin sponsor, is the Thought Lord Cult. All hail. Okay, I uh, have a very, very cool game, Gabin, that I was actually uh, excited about, and I don't get excited about anything. Uh, it's called, uh, what I did was played a, jeez, I don't even know how to describe this, which is going to make this segment very difficult. Uh, it's called How to Host a Dungeon. It's by Tony Dowler. Um, basically what it is, is a document that has a four to, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, see, uh, difficult. Uh, it's about 10 to 20 pages, uh, and, and it's rules to create a dungeon. So, uh, let me start off by saying this. Uh, I'm going to include a link to it. It's available in uh, the DMs Guild. I'm also going to include a picture, which I don't very often do, uh, to the the end results of me following the instructions of this page. Basically what it is, is uh, you start with uh, uh, six levels of uh, dirt, uh, of ground. Uh, and then one level of sky. And what this is going to allow you to do by randomly rolling on various tables and following these uh, very complex rules, I will say, uh, is to create a quote-unquote dungeon. So you start uh, off by uh, j just sort of creating sort of various formations, like say there's a cave here, there's an underground river here, uh, there's a layer of a, a, of a dragon here... Uh, there's a, a group of uh, kobolds that live in this area, and you're all adding this to your map uh, by randomly rolling and randomly deciding where on the map they're going to be located. Uh, you're going to be deciding uh, how much, uh, I'm going to say health, but it's population, what the population of, say, the kobolds is, how much loot they have, how much loot the dragon has. Um so that's sort of the, 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 the stage one, is setting up the uh, initial look of this quote-unquote dungeon. Dungeon is maybe not the right work. It, it's almost like uh, how to host uh, Underdark. It kind of feels a little more like that. Uh, there's, there's three or four options right at the beginning. I went with the... Uh, I watched a video of one guy doing it, and he did the Dwarven Civilization, so that's the one I did. So that also has a, uh, a surface element, so there's the surface as well, where their kingdom is, and they sort of mine down to the gold below. And you're doing this all on pen and paper, 
but, and this is the twist I've thrown in, uh, I used uh, Dungeon Painter Studio. So uh, I've spoken of it uh, on the podcast before. It's what I use to make D&D maps. Um, so I, I decided I'm going to <laughs> make uh, an already complicated thing much more complicated by using this software. But I got to say, the end result is very cool to behold, um, as you'll see in the picture, I hope should you look at it, depending on where you're looking at this, you can actually just go to the website that hosts this, which is Podbean, uh, maywood.podbean.com, and look at this episode, and uh, there'll be a link both to this document itself, which is it's like four, 4 or $5, I think, on DMs Guild, uh, and then also uh, for my final creation. The interesting thing about my creation uh, like what came and, and I gotta say I played this for and and it was fun uh, just on that note easy for me to give this a five out of five uh, I had a great amount of fun doing it it's it almost sounds boring <laughs> but I, I I must have been three four hours where I was like working on this uh, I, I bet if you were to do a simpler version where you followed the instructions more uh, which involves using like tracing paper and, and just writing it out it would be a little quicker like the the one i saw online the guy took like maybe an hour and change to do his he did sort of a a quicker version um what was i saying uh it, it yeah it, it almost doesn't sound like it would be fun sitting there reading flipping through this document back and forth back and forth but uh, it very much was one thing i like um is that you'll have the different uh, factions, I guess, let's say, interacting with one another, and they can sort of, uh, they battle uh, using roles combined with their population, and then different things like, uh, there'll be alpha monsters, there'll be breeders, there'll be uh, all sorts of different, not only factions, but different uh, unit types. Uh, It's very complex, but the document, uh, fairly easy to follow. I, I think there was a few changes I would make. Uh, and I also think this may not be the final revision of Mr. Tony Dowler's version. Uh, that being said, uh, I recommend... <laughs> if, if you like D&D, you'll like this. One interesting thing of my uh, my map creation dungeon Underdark thing uh, is the fact that you sort of do it on a six by six grid. I, I suppose you could do bigger. It might be weird if you did bigger. Anyways, uh, because you're going to be rolling a D6. Uh, actually, you know what's interesting about that is um, on the hand-drawn version, what you're supposed to do is throw like little beads or dice or something on the paper, and wherever they land is where you put certain things. Uh, because I was doing it on a computer, I can't throw beads on a computer screen, so uh, what I did instead was put it on a 6 by 6 grid, and then I would roll 2d6s, one for uh, vertical, one for horizontal, and that's where I would put whatever it was I had to put, um, be it a cave or a, a, or a gold deposit or whatever it was. Uh, and the interesting thing when you look at mine is I never rolled a d6 on the vertical so <laughs> uh, I, I could sort of take out uh, the, the the end section of my thing and it wouldn't make a difference because I never ended like I, I did end up going all the way down but I didn't end up going all the way right so it looks a little weird because of that but to, but still cool 
beans. I hope you try it for yourself. If you do, please, please, please share your creation with me. I would love to see it. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Wine Merlot. Cool. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first. What the fuck? Oh. That's my alarm again. Uh, I think maybe I hit snooze instead of turn it off. And maybe I did it again. We will find out. Uh, anyways, uh, today's. Uh, yeah, I already did that part. <laughs> Item the first. Throwing Shade episode 400, yes, uh, somewhat, in fact, very recently, uh, added to my podcast listening repertoire, this, uh, program, and, uh, got a shade, got a shade, <laughs> I got a shade, I also gotta say that I'm very, very much enjoying it, uh, it combines things that I love, comedy, first and foremost, but then also, uh, getting different people's point of view. Uh, somewhat recently have realized, well, not even recently, have always sort of realized to some degree that I have uh, been living in a bit of a bubble. A bubble. B -b bubble. Uh, grew up in a small town. Uh, uh, the f uh, graduating class, uh, when I graduated high school, I think there was maybe five black people, <laughs> or not even that, but five non-white people. Uh, so, you know, somewhat uh, bubbly in that regards. Uh, I have managed to come out of a, a small, very, very white town and not be racist. <laughs> so that's, you know... One win for the non-racist, I guess we'll say. Uh, so I, I do sort of try to search out things where I'm going to get different people's perspectives uh, because it feels good to do so. It, it feels good to try to improve oneself, uh, if, if that's in fact what this is. And uh, so I walk away from this uh, listening to Throwing Shade, and not only do I feel the joy of having many laughs at their hilarious comedy, but then I also feel sort of like, uh, yeah, you know what, I'm getting a different perspective and uh, opening my brain. And, and, and any time you can expand your brain into areas that it hasn't been, I think is a good thing, just sort of period. Yeah? Is there a bad... Uh, is there a bad thing ever of having your brain exposed to different people's perspectives? I, I suppose you could find scenarios where it would be, but this is definitely not one, one of them. So thank you, Throwing Shade, episode 400. Uh, it was a delight, and I'm definitely going to continue watching, uh, uh, listen, rather, and I have listened to uh, episodes since then. So good stuff, Throwing Shade. Moving on to Hollywood Handbook, episode 300. Ah, that's a hundred less. Hmm, poor guys. Uh, yeah, what to say about Hollywood Handbook? Okay, so, one thing I'll say right off the bat is I did try to listen to this podcast uh, a while back, probably years ago, uh, and, and couldn't quite penetrate it. So this is my second attempt. Um, a lot of people I like and respect and appreciate their senses of humors is. Uh, or speak very, very highly of this show all the time. 
Uh, and uh, I did have laughs. I do have laughs while watching it. It is a little... Uh, it, it's famously impenetrable, this show. Famously. And even the hosts will, will say this as well. So the fact that I didn't get in it, into it on the first go is, I, I think, can be forgiven. Uh, and the fact that I'm willing to try again, I hope, <laughs> will, uh, uh, you know, happen. And, and so far it has. So far it has. I'm, uh, you know, three... Uh, two or three episodes in and post 300 and I have enjoyed them it is uh it is different and it's a hard to explain show but uh you know what since I'm sticking to the timer which has not been playing this whole time Jesus Christ yeah the timer wasn't running there the the timer uh, ever since that alarm went off uh, that uh that stopped the timer there mm. <sighs> well we got extra time now. Hey, there you go. Silver lining. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as I was saying, since we don't have a lot of time, uh, go check out the podcast yourself. Hollywood Handbook. Okay, moving on to Star Trek Picard. Yes. Have you been seeing trailers? Have you been seeing people talk about and break down the trailers? I very frequently, if ever, listen, watch... Uh, experience trailer breakdowns <laughs> you know what i i, I kind of don't watch trailers in general uh for the most part because it's not that i don't care necessarily it's that uh it's a little bit that combined with um not wanting things spoiled and, and when i say don't care uh, like star trek picard i i it's i haven't anticipated anything as much in years it's just that the trailer doesn't do for me what I think maybe it does for others, which is tease the excitement out. Me, it's more of a, oh, I hope this doesn't ruin things f when they happen on the show for me. So maybe there's more of a, excuse me, fear than a excitement of that. That being said, because this is a known property, uh, Picard that is, in Star Trek, Maybe uh, I'll do a little experiment and we'll watch trailers and uh, I have watched trailer breakdowns and uh, I'm going to go deep into everything I see about it. I'm going to watch it. I'm just going to pour it all in and, and that'll be my experiment with Star Trek Picard before it comes out. Uh, and, and so far, so good. I, I got to say, my excitement is brewing. Uh, the initial trailer that just came out, from my perspective, that is, uh, really, really interesting in that... Um, I, I have no idea what it's going to be, <laughs> which I don't know if you, if that is a good thing or a bad thing for a trailer. Uh, apparently he's working at his winery, uh, but maybe it's not working out so well. So he's leaving that, uh, seven of nine is in the trailer. There's, there's other, uh, a blue looking Borg ship, which is strange. Where's the green? That's bizarre. Uh, I really, really can't wait. 2020 apparently coming out. So that'll be awesome. Uh, now, last but not least, uh, speaking of D&D, which we've done, as we seem to do every episode now, uh, Matt Colville's DM interview with Phil Robb. Yeah, uh, so, uh, he runs a game called The Chain, uh, Matt Colville, and, uh, apparently took a little bit of a hiatus, as, uh, DMs will be wont to do from time to time, and in the interim, uh, Phil Robb took over and ran, uh, a, a, a mini campaign, I think it was three episodes long, so, Matt Colville decided to interview him uh, about that and uh, his DM career in general and how he sort of got into uh, got into it, 
if you will. And uh, it was a delight. Uh, this is not the first time he's done this either. He did it with uh, Jim Murphy. Uh, when he did his interview with Jim Murphy, that made me a fan of Jim Murphy, just as his, this has done with Phil Robb. I don't think Phil Robb has his own uh, YouTube channel like Jim Murphy does, though. Um, but uh, McElville hinted at the fact that this might be a, I, I guess, a sort of an ongoing thing, the potential of him... Uh, interviewing fellow DMs, which uh, is just an incredible idea. Uh, it would be uh, an amazing podcast that I would listen to, uh, and I hope it happens on the regs, as the kids say, uh, because they just in sort of this casual conversation of D and D and role play and the specifics of their game, you're going to pull forth so much information that it will just boggle your mind that uh, some of the, the ideas and, and thoughts and different ways you can come at things uh, will, will pop out from this. Uh, his uh, mini campaign there sounded interesting as well. Uh, uh, one, uh, one thing I liked is that uh, they brought up that he created a doc about the wor- a, a doc uh, a, a document about his world and sort of the ins and outs of it and the interactions of the species and uh, how there's like no elves in his world and uh, some of the lore and uh, he posted it and it was like 20 30 pages uh so this is a this is a a dude who who rolls deep into his world which is something i very very much appreciate i i, I didn't read the whole thing cover to cover but i i did read a lot of it and it was it was pretty incredible so uh, that's it, I guess. Folks, we did it. Oh, goddamn timer. What the fuck? Uh, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Fuck. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But... You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper